Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What makes a great movie? Solid script, relatable characters, amazing action, rip-roaring comedy, heart-tearing emotion. Yes, all of these, but when you're watching a movie and all of a sudden there is an unexpected story twist that can leave you in pieces if done well. Here's our own little twister, Neil, with 10 movie twist facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So here we go. At number one, we've got The Dark Knight Rises built a fake tombstone to obscure the ending. Many people speculated that a character would die in this movie. The film does include a tombstone, but they added the name using special effects. When shooting the scene, the stone showed somebody else's name. Soylent Green is made out of people. Scott Pilgrim had a horrifying alternate ending. The director planned to shoot one ending, revealing that most of the movie was all in Scott's head, but Scott had killed people for real and was in an asylum for being a serial killer. It is only farce. Spectre's twist had been done before. Bond spoof Austin Powers jokingly ended its own franchise that way a decade earlier, with Powers and Doctor Evil being brothers. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Most people who worked on the Fight Club movie thought the audience wouldn't buy the twist. David Fincher trusted we would, but he did still make some big other changes from the book. I mean, I told you not to go in that house. The Us trailer gave away their twist. Not only did it give away too much of the plot, it also spoiled a particularly weird surprise song choice. Glad to meet you, kid. You're a real horse's ass. In The Usual Suspects, though the end is treated as a huge twist, if you pay a lot of attention, you can see Verbal Kint reading from the wall and even see some of the names. I see dead people. Speaking of that, M. Night Shyamalan was the first director picked for Life of Pi, but he figured he's so associated with twists, his name would ruin the surprise of the movie's ending. Apparently, in the early drafts of Iron Man, Howard Stark was going to be the surprise villain. Rosebud. A lot of the crew of... Oh, 
What have I reprinted something there twice? Sorry about that. The first movie considered to have a twist was Calgary in 1920. I am your father. There we go. Oh, was that it? Yeah, I made a boo-boo on my oh, list. Oh, I better do the last oh, one. Oh, what's in the box? Oh, very there sorry. There, that's the twist. We've only got nine instead of ten. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> I don't know what? what's happened there, the way it's printed. But anyhow. Never mind. Never mind. Um, a little bit of business before we introduce our guest. Um, we have a new Patreon topper. Hello, Kim Thomas Simons. Hello, so Kim. So thank, thank you, you so much for your support, Kim. Uh, enjoy all the extra bonus um bits and pieces including the video playlists and something like that and uh, we'll give you information at the end on how you can become a topper just like kim thank you kim thomas simons bless you uh our guest for this episode please welcome ladies and gentlemen from the cinema swirl podcast the one and only kevin hello kevin hello ahoy there how's it going <laughs> we're all right we're all right now Very well. um hello, i think kevin. before we do any talking about this specific subject Ladies and gentlemen, there are going to be spoilers, okay? <gasps> there will be spoilers. I mean, there may even be spoilers that are going to ruin the films for us while we're doing the podcast. So if you don't want to be spoiled by any movies that are possibly 20, 30, 40 years old, turn back now, okay? Yeah. I'm just giving you the warning now. That is the warning. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's a, a, a pleasure to be on the Top 10 Podcast. I was going to make a joke about this being on the Top 10 Podcast that I wanted to be on. Boys, it's good. I'm really happy to be here. This is, this is good. You got to be down for the, uh, the movie twists, which I appreciate. I misread the title and watched the movie Twister 10 times last week. But other than that, I think I'm doing okay. That's good because I kind of hoped that I didn't get the wrong end of the stick because I've got like 10 different twist dances in movies. So, like, um, John Travolta <laughs> and Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction was my number one. I couldn't think of any others. Oh, They're the spoiler. only twists. Oh, sorry. <laughs> spoiler. Um, so, I, I take it we all enjoy a good twist in a movie, Kevin? If done well. It, that's the thing. That's the key. Yeah, I thing. mean, I, I'd hazard a guess as well that, Maddo, maybe I'm in the minority. I love a good crap twist as well. You know, <laughs> like I, I love when a, when a movie, like a B movie or whatever, has nothing to show you and then they do that half hearted. Uh, we'll just do a twist and end it like a Monty Python sketch instead of a movie. <laughs> I always appreciate a movie running out of steam via a twist. But, you know, I think it's a surefire way to make your movie more memorable. Have a hook in there that people will be talking about in the water cooler the next day. I yes. think that's the, that's the key to, I think, any kind of twist that has some kind of effect. It doesn't need to be a good one or a bad one. I mean, I mean arguably the king of the twist is M. Night. Shyamalan, isn't it? But he's not, he hasn't got them all perfectly well. I mean, the village <laughs> I'm thinking of is is one twist that is sort of like almost like, well, I've got to put a twist in there, so this is going to be the, tw the twist. Yeah, but yeah. like, there's no other reason any of us would be talking about the village, you know, 18 years after the fact. I saw that in the cinema like a big Egypt, and I still like, you know, I watched Old the other day as well, and that was like the twist to that was that he had made that movie for real, like it was actually yes. like seriously he had made this. <laughs> but I think you know he. He's known for the twist, but I think that's been uh, that's been good for him over the think, years. You know, yeah, he was Mister Twist, uh, Neil. Yeah, but I was going to say it's, it's it's good for him, but it's also become a bit of a chain around his neck, hasn't it? Because <laughs> everybody expects it. Like I said in the facts, you know, the fact that he turned life a pie down was that everybody would be looking for the twist. I do love a good twist as long as it is done well. And, and as long as it makes sense, we've had movies, and I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but I know for sure we've had movies where the twist, you're just like, uh? 
And I don't like those. I don't like those. But The Village, I didn't like that at all. That made me go right off the movie. It, was like it, the it rug- seemed like they started with the twist and worked backwards with that one, it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it seems yeah. to me, is like he got his name for doing amazing twists. So he thought, what could be the twist of this? And like you say, he worked backwards. And yeah, I mean, there, there are it's certain things much. that work. So, I mean, I'm sure his name is going to come up in this top 10. I'm pretty sure of it. Maybe if not once, maybe a couple of times. Who knows? Maybe. maybe. Who knows? Um, right. Let's crack on. So, Kevin, what is your number 10 movie twist? Right. I, I tried to be fair here and not just pick all the obvious ones, all your you know, supposed good movies and inverted commas and all that. I feel need to be fair and representative, you know, not have bias towards good or bad movies. So my number 10 twist is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Holy which, shit. We're really going for it. <laughs> which I will tell you now, I'm only 65% sure that is the correct one that I'm picking, but it is the last, the last one of the new trilogy. The twist being somehow... And I quote, somehow Emperor Palpatine is, is still alive and has come back. Yeah. And that twist has stayed with me all these years later because they made no effort to explain it whatsoever. And uh, as a result of that, I think it is by default a memorable twist. <laughs> well, I suppose it is in its own way. But also, how did they explain what how he'd been down there building all those spaceships and star destroyers and everything? I don't know. But yeah, it's you know, a layered it's a twist, twist, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it's a layered <laughs> twist, that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we don't want this to be a three hour podcast just on Kevin's number ten choice no. of twist. Yeah, I you know, I, as soon as I saw your your backdrop there, which is which is laden with, with a lot of Star Wars memorabilia, I indeed. thought this has immediately become a hot potato. Yeah. In, indeed. And I think really, yeah, listen to our top ten Star Wars things uh, episode and you'll get everybody's uh, uh everyone else's reaction on the Rise of Skywalker. It was uh I, what can you say about it? There's not really much you can say about it after the fact i think the thing is what they seem to be doing is adding little bits of this the the lore of that in the tv shows and books and comics yeah, like i have a funny feeling i don't know about you but you know i was a star wars fan as a kid and i suffered through the prequels and you know had the nostalgia ride with the force awakens and all that but oh that's like catnip to me now if you went there's a new series coming out and I'm just going to tell you vaguely who that snowclad was. A little bit about him. I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, go on, go give me, give me. Because I just like, I don't know why it's, I'm like, I'm addicted to like little nuggets of Star Wars lore to make it seem less crap. Exactly. <laughs> and it's almost like you're trying to find through or whatever kind of media it is, just the extra little excuses you need to love it a little bit more. And I think that's, I think you're absolutely right, you know. Uh, that's a good one to kick us off with, though. Yeah. Um, well, it's, a, it's still a big twist. I mean, it I is a big twist. Yeah, it's you know, regardless of whether it makes sense or not, it's a huge <laughs> twist. Yeah, and the fact that then Ray was a Palpatine instead yeah. of what we thought was going to be a Skywalker or a Kenobi, which or... gave you your own little twist later on. When like you know, a couple of weeks later, you're like, oh, he had sex. Yes, he literally had sex. Oh dear, I bet you went rise as well when he had to do that, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, Go on then, Neil, you're number 10. So mine's an old classic horror film. It's Saw. It's the Ooh. twist at the end of Saw. Um, it's, it's a great film to watch through, but it's the fact that the, the 
Jigsaw was led in the room the whole bloody time. Was uh, I wasn't expecting it. I don't know whether you guys were when you first Not, saw the movie. No. Obviously, I, I expected it, but only because I had previously played Saw, the video game on Xbox 360 uh, before uh, I watched, watched the movie. So I may have ruined my own experience there. Yes, it did. <laughs> but then if you re-watch the movie, it tells you right from the beginning what's going on, doesn't it? If you re- and put, put all the pieces together, it's another one of those quite clever movies that tells you what's going to happen. But obviously, you're not expecting it when you first see it. So, does that, does that make for a better twist? Do we agree generally that if uh, you know it's you know, upon rewatch, the twist is kind of in plain sight all along, or there's lots of kind of nods? I think, to it, it, I think it certainly does help, doesn't it? Yeah, with a, with a couple in my list, there are definitely when you watch them the second, third, and fourth time, mm. you see those little clues, and you think it was there all the time. It was there all the time, um, and that's that's always one of those. You know, but you're always looking to see, is he breathing? How can mm. you not breathe that amount of time? <laughs> no, or not yeah. move slightly or something, whether, you know, something is going on. I mean, I always thought he'd probably taken a, a, a drug of some sort to comatose him. Yeah, possibly. That's yeah. the way I thought. Because I thought nobody, because I, I would assume, I, I don't know how many hours they're locked in there. I'd assume it's a long time, mm. you know, to be able to get to the extent where you're going to cut your own freaking foot off. You've got to have been tied up. So I assumed, I just assumed he drugged himself because I thought nobody could stay like that. I mean, you'd want the toilet and all sorts, wouldn't you? <laughs> but he was a master gamesman, wasn't he? A game master he games player. He was the, uh, yeah. And then games another master, one of those movies, if you will. A games master, that's what I was yeah. thinking of. Wasn't that uh, Patrick Moore? <laughs> was games master, which was the one that Jet was in? I can't remember. I think we've spoken about this on yeah. the podcast because there was there was him, there was Big Boy Barry, and this is completely off the track. It was a it was a computer game show that Jet was game's mistress, I think, and she had like a she had like a like a black leather outfit on. I sort of recall it, but not well. Dave, David Williams was in it as well as like the comic relief. Rare, really strange. Anyway, let's, we're not we're not talking. No, we're not here about games. I'm not so. letting myself get intrigued by that because that'll never get through this podcast. So I'll just be thinking no, about that. But, but Google Google Jet in black leather and see what comes up. Maybe oh. don't do it that way. Maybe. Well, maybe. Because <laughs> there'll be loads of fantastic pictures. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, Pat, just bear with me. I'm going to have to pull my blind. The sun yeah. is about to come right through. Just bear with me. Sorry. Okay, then, Neil, you go and do that. Bless your heart. We're only recording. We're only live. Ah, oh, dear. You had a good day then, Kevin? I've had a lovely day. Thank you very much. Have you? Good. I have. Good. There we are. That's yeah. Nice. Oh, you're back. Apologies we'll about him now, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies for that. But That's okay. Damn. We were weather. just having a lovely little chat, was all. <laughs> we were. Oh, You'll have to fine. listen to the podcast, Neil, to find okay. out what he was saying. <laughs> of course. Of course, I'll subscribe. Okay. Are you, have you not subscribed? Of course I have, but I was just saying as a hint to other people listening. Anyway, my number 10 is um, a Ryan Reynolds movie that I don't know whether a lot of people have seen, but it's called Buried. Oh, I've oh, seen yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was one of those movies that I, I can't remember how we came upon it, but it's literally just him in a pit or in like a, it's like a, gra- a grave, I think. Is, like yeah, he's, yeah, he's in a coffin, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah he and he's buried alive, but just with a mobile phone. Yep. Um, with a limited battery on a it. A limited battery. It's and like it, um, horizontal phone booth, basically. Basically, yes. basically. But it's so well done. Mm-hmm. And it's not Ryan Reynolds being the Deadpool Ryan Reynolds. It's, it's, it's a really good performance. And it gets to the point where he thinks that he is being saved. 
he thinks that they're coming to dig it up and then they get to him and they you find out that he's actually they're not where he is they're where they're somewhere else and oh jeez you just i got it all i got the bad kind of goosebumps after you i just remember that yeah Yeah. and and he's done for and because you you've got all the hope that you think (laughs) oh my god yeah yeah he's free he's free um the twist is real life sucks indeed (laughs) indeed (laughs) and then it always reminds me i don't know if any of you have seen toast of london Yes, um, yes, and he gets buried in a coffin with a with a mobile phone that has also got a fire extinguisher on it. Um, but he does survive. He does get. Uh, yeah, that film was an uncomfortable view, especially if you suffer with claustrophobia. In that. Oh yeah, it's horrible. It but what a film! It's a great film. It's a great little gem. If you get, to, I think it's on Netflix. I think so. It's definitely worth having a look at. Um, Kevin, your number nine, then please. Number nine is what if a twist was a movie? So I picked Cabin in the Woods. I ah. remember seeing this one uh, in the cinema. I know the best way that you could have possibly have seen it. And I, 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 you know, if you hadn't seen it this way, I feel for you. But I got an invite to go to a screening because they were playing it down the road and the, the director was there giving a chat. I'm like, I, all right, yeah, sure. One of them was involved in Lost. I better go. And it was, you know... A movie that had you expecting a twist from the get-go and used that against you and then kind of almost, like, its reveal at the end is kind of like it deconstructs the idea of, like, twists in movies, particularly mm. horror movies and kind of the tropes and stuff that you get The You know, you reveal that all the characters, you're like, oh, yeah, it's that type of a character. It's like, yeah, you figure that out because that's exactly what they're they're going for. So it's kind of a movie that if you went in you know, you kind of with your film analysis brain on, it was targeted at you. The more you thought about the movie, the more twisted you got. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's a great film. I th- I, I actually feel this movie is going to come along to become a classic. Yeah. I always felt that as well. I felt it yeah. hasn't gotten it's like, it's, it's fair, Just, fair share yeah. of praise. Yeah. Cause no, I think it is a, a really unique, you know, concept in a, feel that is quite crowded with absolutely well it starts with the old adages doesn't it that everything you know exactly what's going on and then all of a sudden it's all different isn't it i I, yeah i like that i like that i've only seen it the once i saw it in the cinema it was a huge it had a very impactful experience on me and i've actually never went back to see if it kind of passes that test of oh was it all there all along but for a movie that i would have seen god you know 10 years ago in the cinema on a whim not that i Mm. planned to see it you know, it's rare that a movie stays with you that long, and I think it's on the strength of the twist alone. You know, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it about six months ago, and it's um, it's definitely that thing where you think it's one kind of movie, and then yeah. all of a sudden, because it's like you say, it's got it's got the jock and it's got the the beautiful virgin and the yeah. geeky bloke and all that kind of stuff going on. You think I know what kind of movie this is, and then all of a sudden, when they peel back the curtain, that it's yes. like a, an experiment. It's a genre twist, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. yeah and like Chris Hemsworth, who I think didn't he was Thor as this was coming out, wasn't he? So, so yes, like, right. he wasn't when they when he made it he wasn't a massive megastar and then all of a sudden yeah, thor 2 the dark world hadn't come out yet so he hadn't really cracked through to that's, that's right and then he doesn't last that long because you think oh well, he's the star of the movie he's the hero <laughs> yeah. of the movie and he crashes his bike into that sort of force field i feel that's been like that's that's a movie now that has influenced a lot of other movies because i feel like you know we mentioned deadpool earlier like movies that kind of take like hey look big star I bet you don't think you expect to see them in a movie and then being killed off like exactly, i feel yeah. i've seen that like used as a as kind of a trick in a lot of yeah. movies in the last five years particularly and that was the first time i've ever seen it was would have been cabin in the woods yeah and that was also that was joss whedon at the height of his powers as well wasn't it that was yeah you know i mean has anyone ever ever had like such a downfall of 
you know, I mean, he was the geek darling, wasn't he, when he was doing yeah. Avengers and stuff like that, and then it just all came tumbling down. Well, it, it, it says a lot that my mind had cautiously and conveniently erased the fact that he had made that movie. Like, <laughs> why, why, why does no one talk about that movie? Oh, because the guy who made it talking about him as a ball ache and a headache at one space. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Oh, dear. That's a good one. Okay, that was actually my number 10 before I thought of Buried. I, I just in, outside of my top 10. Go on then, Neil, you're number nine. So it's an old classic. It's Citizen Kane. What more can we say? That Rosebud is the name of Kane's childhood sled, proving the tycoon had a touch of sentimentality after all. And it was a real shot, wasn't it? We all wanted to know when you first watched the movie who Rosebud was or what Rosebud was. And then when you find out, it's like, ah. But yes, I'm a big fan of that twist, a huge fan. Ah oh, man, I, I that's my number three. Actually, I had that down. I'm a, nice. I'm a big fan because I I'm one of these people who uh, over in Cinema Thrill we call movies like this uh, endearingly and with love and respect. We refer to these types of movies as uh, old shit. And <laughs> <laughs> so when we settled into what Citizen Kane, I was like, you know, I'd seen this once in kind of like you know English class or whatever it was back in the day, and you know, I'm more familiar with the you know the Mr. Burns kind of parody yeah. of it. But like it, it didn't make it any less impactful. I'm when I actually gave it an honest chance and watched it with grown up eyes. I was like, wow, I was completely taken aback yeah. by it. And I love a twist as well. You can imagine them back in 1920s, whenever this came out. All you had to do to show someone you knew the twist was you go Rosebud, and they go, yeah, Rosebud, there you are. And you don't spoil anything that way. Rosebud no. can mean anything, but if you know, you know. Exactly. 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 But it's a great movie. I watched it oh, again yeah. only a couple of weeks ago and just forgotten how, probably ahead of its time. It oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Just it? the way it was made was yeah. way ahead of its time. The I mean, like, looks, I, you know, yeah. very big kind of escapes and vistas and whatnot you see. Yeah. Yeah, and the, yeah, I, I've said before, it's completely against my geek credentials, but I only saw this for the first time about six months ago. And I was like, I, I don't think I was even looking at the story, to be perfectly honest. It was the way that the film was made, you know, the way that yeah. the, the scenes would crossfade into each other. Mm. And it was it's a fantastic piece of filmmaking. And the fact that he was so young and, you know, sort of laid everything on the line, Orson Welles, to, to make that film. Um, and then, yeah, it's just got a fantastic twist. And I think it's that whole thing, Kevin, like you said, it's one of those ones that if you know, you know. It's not something yeah. that everybody's going to know about. Yeah, yeah. And it's well, one word. Well, if they listen to this uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. podcast. <laughs> but it's one word, isn't it? You know, I can imagine somebody listen to this and they go, we talk about like Rise of Skywalker or Saw and they go, shit, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to watch that now. And then they come back to the podcast. Fuck, I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods. I better stop the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, maintain this podcast will be the only place you'll find Rise of Skywalker and Citizen Kane somehow on the same <laughs> well, list. Same that, list. Same yeah. that is true. Uh, okay, my number nine is possibly higher in other people's lists. Um, and uh, Neil did mention it in his um, facts. It's The Usual Suspects. Well, that's my number four. Okay, then, Neil. That is my number four. Um, I think, obviously, it's one of those holy shit moments at the end. Mm. When when you are finding out the same time as, I can't remember the name of the actor now, but the detective that has been talking to Verbal Kint. Oh, Charles Palmateri. Charles Palmateri, that's right. You find out exactly the same time as him. Yeah. What has been going on, you know, what has been fact and what has been fiction, the whole, you know, Kaiser Soze of it all. 
I think it's just fantastically done. Um, I don't know. Has anybody watched this movie lately because of the whole Kevin Spacey of it? I would say probably two years ago, you know. Yeah, from, maybe uh, two or first... three years ago. Yeah. And I still think that's the one thing that stops up. me from watching it is when you. It's the, but then again, with the way things are going these days, you wouldn't be able to watch anything with. with <laughs> no. You know, with like certain people. Are but he just, is kind of quiet. He's a centerpiece to that. It's not he just, is. oh, he's in the movie. It's, Absolutely. It really is kind of framed around that. I don't know. I mean, for me, the usual suspects, I was a bit later watching that. I didn't see that until kind of, you know, my, my mid to late 20s. And I always found that was a movie where almost like the, the myth of the twist was bigger than the movie itself. Yeah, and I made the mistake cool. of watching that movie with a bunch of super fans who were just like, you know, it's like when you're watching stand-up comedy and per- someone's watching there and seeing if you're going to laugh at the same time. And it's like when the bits that will help you figure out the twist are being laid out in front of you, they're like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I, and I just felt like, I don't know. I felt very seen when I watched that movie is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I felt like I didn't get a fair shake of the stick. I felt like if I wanted to see that, you know, the way to see it would be like, you know, in the cinema or on VHS back in the day when it came out. But I feel like for me, this is when, you know, maybe called the internet, you kind of kind of the connectivity of things, whatever it was. I felt that the twist got in front of the actual movie for me with this. I can see that. I can definitely yeah. see that. I mean, I, I can remember the last time I watched it, I think was on DVD. And I think was there, a, there was a director's commentary, I think. Obviously, Brian Singer, who yeah. obviously went through stuff as well. Um, there was one scene where it was a close-up of... Was it like a load of of um, rope and stuff like that? And they were saying that that Kaiser Soze or Verbal Kim was behind that, but you wouldn't have seen him. And it was just one of those very weird tracking shots that just went closer and closer into this bundle of ropes and stuff. It's all those little moments that that people put in that do they mean something or do they not mm-hmm. mean something? When you look back and watch it again, are you looking too much into it because you think that ah, that means something? When actually. It means fuck all. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. <laughs> you know, that's that's the whole, but I think that's, it's one of the most perfectly written scripts. That oh, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a good script. Such a good script. Yeah. And a yeah. great cast. A great cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, Kevin, you're number eight then, please. My number eight was uh, probably, the, I think it was the last movie I saw before the pandemic started. So like, it, it stuck with me. I had a long time to dwell on this one. Uh, Parasite, which was oh, yeah. absolute, you know, Absolute powerhouse of a movie. Absolutely adore it. I've watched it many times since. But I just love how you start off. And I, I think it's like maybe an hour, an hour, a little bit more than that, where it's kind of like, oh, it's all very figurative, isn't it? It's almost as if this. It's almost as if that. They're, they're commenting as if it's like these people live this way, et cetera, et cetera, and our relation to them and all that. And then it's like, boom, literally this, like the title, everything. Yeah, it's, it's as literal as it gets. And you would think that would kind of make it have less value because I think we're always assuming when watching and looking and analyzing movies that I don't think being more kind of mysterious is, or, or less, li- you know, less literal is better. But like just seeing like, oh, there he is down in the basement. You know, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, that, that, that like the impact just seeing like a lad, you know, in his pants with a bowl of cereal or whatever. It's, you know, that's powerful stuff right there. You don't mind me saying. So yeah. I think that for me is a twist that's just, it wasn't like a line or particularly a moment. It's just the fact that you realize then this movie is like, I don't know, perfectly a perfect little puzzle box that folds in on itself when you see that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went, myself and my wife went to see it. I think, yeah, it was just before quarantine, wasn't it? Before it, it times. Was, yeah. But yeah, yeah, back in the old days. And oh, I knew I nothing about the movie. 
So I assumed that it was going to be this like monster movie where everybody turned into zombie-like parasites. So I'm waiting for all of a sudden like the... Well, almost like waiting what happened in real slugs. life. I was waiting for what happened in real life. You know, this everybody's all caught in this sort of like amazing bug or whatever and are turning into zombie kind of things. And it d- didn't happen. I thought, what the hell's going on? And then, yeah, and then the ending, it was like, yeah, this is just a crazy, crazy movie. But I, fantastic. It is a fantastic movie. And it gets better with repeated viewings. Mm, for sure, is, yeah, yeah. You know, with movies with twists, it's quite unusual, isn't it? Um, a lot of them, if it's a bold twist and you watch it again, you're like, okay, this, you know, I, I, there's a Shalaman film that I, everybody seems to adore, but I think the more you watch it, the weaker the twist gets. <clears throat> Six cents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Parasite, I think, yeah, it just grows and grows. And it looks even better in black and white. Oh I'm, yeah, I saw on Black and White recently and I thought it looked oh, stunning. I, I mean, yeah. it, it almost feels like a disservice to call it a twist when it's a movie like Parasite. It feels like it's more of like, I don't know, a self-contained plot device or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. feels calling it a twist is hokey in that sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's what yeah. the definition of a twist is really, isn't it? It's what you want, yeah, to, yeah. What you want to call it. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number eight. So it is the original Scream. I really didn't see this one coming. I mean, they used all the tropes that we talked about of horror movies throughout, but when we found out that the killers were two lads at the end, it was a, it was a, a blinding twist for me. Um, yeah, and Matthew Lilliard, and what was the other guy's name again? Always uh, ridiculed, wasn't he, from Skeet? Oh, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, Ulrich, that's right. Wasn't it? That's right. The guys from South Park always ridiculed him for some bizarre reason. But I still think this horror movie holds up today. I still think the twist works wonderful today. Um, And the fact that they're telling you everything, but still throw in that that you weren't expecting. So all the way through the movie, they're telling you what's going to happen, how things pan out in these horror films. And yet I I didn't see that twist coming. I really didn't. So I think it's a perfect one. I can remember going to the cinema and watching that. And every time a character came on the screen... Because you knew there was going to be a twist. Because mm. Henry Winkler was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, they, he was well, they portrayed him. That he, no, he was so the I, headmaster. Headmaster, he? that's right. And I thought, and we, my, my wife were going, he's the killer. That's it. And then he'd die, and we go, ah, shit. Okay, right. Ah, yeah. oh, no, she's the killer. And then she'd get stabbed, and you think, ah, right, okay. And it was it was amazing for that, that it kept you guessing all the time. Yeah. But like you say, it's telling you what's going to happen. That's yeah. the thing. And you know all the tropes from those kind of horror films. Absolutely. Are you Kevin? a fan, Kevin? Oh yeah, I love it as well. And I kind of like I, I I love the fact that it was a movie which I kind of it it for the when it came out it would have been like what mid mid nineties or I guess yeah, thereabouts. And yeah, it, it so. feels like, you know, you had that audience who had grown up watching the classics from the seventies and it just kind of I think the idea it was a very mid late nineties thing, the idea of like the victim act, or the potential victim actually being like something scary instead, like you know, like thrown mm. it on its head like that. It feels like if someone proposed that twist in the seventies or eighties, a studio executive would have said, No, we can't do that. Like, you know, it's it's too it's too upsetting, it's too distressing, you know. But it kind of it still stands to this day. I don't think it's I don't think like the rest of the franchise could ever live up to that no, particular no, moment. I think it makes the rest of the movies kind of quake in the first boots because of because uh, of how strong that twist was. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great production design in regards to like the scream. No, scream face. No, what was his name? Um, Ghostface. Ghost Ghostface. Ghost scream face. That'd scream bit, face. That's a... that'd be a bit near the nose, <laughs> wouldn't it? Scream face. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, my number eight is a Tarantino movie. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, mainly because it it doesn't go with the facts of real life. So you're, I mean, I can remember with a lot of Tarantino films, you're on the edge of your seat because you know that if someone walks into a, a room, they're going to get blown away or, or something bad is going to happen to those people. So at the end when it, Sharon Tate is in her house and the, the, the gang are coming up the, the road, you think this is going to be horrible. We're going to literally sort of see history on the screen. Mm. And then none of that happens. And Brad Pitt, you know, takes them out, is is smashing a lady's face through a door. Oh, no. And uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's the same as Inglorious Bastards with the whole, you know, killing of bit. Hitler and stuff. That's, that, that's my kind of issue with it, though, is that, like, I love that twist, but the first thing that went through my mind when I saw it in the cinema was, like, great twist, but you've taken us to this restaurant before, Uncle Quentin. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is I've, true. I've eaten here, okay? <laughs> yeah, that is true. I think, I think because, because I think Brad Pitt is, like, such a movie star in that, in that film... I think for me, it sort of it. it I just enjoyed watching Brad Pitt, uh, mm. even if he is you know, stoving a woman's head through a wall or whatever he was doing. Um, but it, but the end of it did leave me a little bit sort of when it, I think the final scene is when it sort of pans up over over the houses and stuff. And I I know that this sort of had Sharon Tate's family's blessing. I think in regards mm. to the movie. But the what they they must have been feeling, thinking, yeah, if only that had actually happened. I don't know. It's it's that thing of se- separating real life again from fiction, isn't it? From fiction, but but I, I just I, I love that movie. I think it's a fantastic movie. And me, I absolutely um, adore that movie. And he does like to play fast and hard with the the rules of real history, doesn't he? But uh, well, all the way through that movie, he does it, doesn't he? Yeah. The whole Bruce Lee bit, was, yeah, you know, it was all fictionalized i mean he got a lot of criticism for that bit and yeah it's, it's all the way through but yes i'm a huge fan of that one and again i will reiterate if nobody's read the book yeah that's something i need to get on yeah 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 okay uh kevin you're number seven please uh number seven so this is a movie i watched not that long ago and it's kind of uh i guess it was kind of a personal uh experience that made it a, a double twist it is the 2003 polarizing classic identity with uh, john cusack okay. uh, which i remember watching it and my partner who's shown to me they, they said look it's it's a bit schlocky but there's a killer twist and you know it was one of my favorite movies to watch on you know, on dvd back in the day kind of a silly movie like okay all right and in five minutes i was like ah figured out the twist these are all different personalities from the same. The killer has just got multiple personalities. That's all. That's all his. And I spent a good ten minutes then feeling very fucking good about myself. You don't understand. <laughs> and then twenty minutes after that, I went, "Wait a minute! This is ba- This is just the Agatha Christie play." Because I had seen this Agatha Christie thing a couple of months back that my friend had been in, which had used the same. You know, it was based on an Agatha Christie story. And I was like, oh, I didn't so much as correctly guess the twist as remember something I had seen four weeks ago. (laughs) But the real twist was on me at the end of that viewing experience. But I mean, that for me is, is the definition of a movie that it's like, we've got the twist and that's pretty much all we've got. Like you can imagine the execs there being like, I don't know, it's looking kind of ropey. The acting's not great in this scene. The script's not so hot. Ah, but think of the twist though, Johnny. Oh, okay, we'll put it out there. It's fine. And I think it's worth watching even if you know 
And he, like, they basically, the poster says, there's a big twist at the end. Like, that's its kind of marketing <laughs> yeah. almost. And even still, watching a movie very confidently, you know, present its twist at the end, you know, even though everyone, even at the cheap seats at the back have got it figured out. I, I love it. It's kind of like the best of the worst of Hollywood in many respects. Do you think yeah. that's the way to own it, though, is that you come out and you, and you be confident with the twist? Oh, unquestionably, yes. There's a there's a confidence that kind of crappy movies have that, you know, and you see the directors of movies like, you know, that, that like this sometimes, and they just have this kind of great vision, which is centered around one little bit at the end. And I just, I love that. I love that, you know, when you know how much goes into making a movie, I love that you can kind of try and get, I don't know, 100 minutes out of this flimsy twist at the end. <laughs> Which, look, 1939, when Agatha penned that, that's a hell of a twist, but we had 60 years to come up with something better now. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're it's right. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Who else was in it? Because I remember I had a good cast. Didn't oh, it's a serious cast. You got John Cusack, uh, Ray Liotta's in there. You got Alfred mm. Molina. Uh, I think... Who was the female protagonist? Amanda Peet. Oh yeah, Pete, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. John Hawkes, well. John yeah, C. Rebecca McGinley, DeMornay, I think, is in it as well. But yeah, yeah. John Rebecca Hawkes, Yes, that's right, Rebecca DeMornay. Yes, I do remember seeing that film. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's an old classic twist, isn't it? That one. <laughs> it is absolutely gone. Then Neil, you're number seven. So this is a great, great movie. It's Memento. And uh, it's the fact we're watching the whole film backwards, obviously, and uh, and real time. And then we work out that Leonard's wife survived the home invasion and he'd accidentally killed her later. Uh, it was a real, like, holy fuck. Because you really are invested in what he's searching and what he's finding out. Um, have you seen this one, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's like, right. you know, in slow motion, that twist unfurls itself. Yeah. And it's funny, I actually remember it was my brother... The first time he watched Memento, he had got it on DVD because he had been told, oh, it's really great. And on the DVD, there was a special feature to watch, watch right. it all in order. That's so that was right. the first time he viewed it was oh. that he watched it in order. <laughs> and, and I think that, like, you know, he thought, ah, I'm getting ahead of it here. But it just becomes a very long, sad movie, basically. It does, yeah. You watch it in order. There's no intrigue at all. Like, no. It's just all fallout. Yeah, but it's such a... And Guy Pearce in it, it's just mesmerizing i think and such a good actor in it such a clever device as well as the thing it was like you know you you had the scene and he's chasing someone and then it goes to the scene before and he goes, oh no actually he's chasing me yeah and it's, it's a fantastic a great cast as well it is a great fantastic cast, cast. and yeah and but it's a story though that they did really well but could so easily have been stupid or fucked up yeah you know, in the wrong hands. That is such a story that could have been done so wrong. <laughs> mm. But as it is, it's just fantastic. But I'm meeting more and more people to this day that have never seen it, and I'm just like, oh, probably, probably Nolan's best film. There you go, I said it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, Joey Joey Pants is in it, isn't he? Yeah, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. That's that's <laughs> what, what they call him in the beers. I think they call him Joey yeah. Pants. <laughs> yeah, he is. And um, Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. That's right. Yeah. 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 God, I haven't seen that film for ages. I need to watch that again. Watch it again because yeah. it holds up so well. He's got so great well. handwriting as well because he writes on the Polaroid pictures, doesn't he? That's right. He's got yeah. great handwriting. That's one of those sort of ASMR kind of things, although it's visual, not sound, but. I love watching them. Great, yeah, great uh, handwriting. Okay, my number seven. Uh, I could have only put this at 
this number is seven. Um, I thought I had to. Oh, that's my number three. That's your number three. What's in the box? Yeah, yeah, you have to. Oh, what's in the box? You have All to sorts. That. All sorts. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Um, again, it's uh, Kevin Spacey, but um, you only really see him in the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes of the movie, probably. Um, I mean, it's, it's about as bleak as you can get in a movie. Mm. Uh, but that that final twist is so clever. Yeah. In regards to it's 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 the final two sins. Yeah. That John the, Doe the has worked one. out. Yeah, that he's gonna get he's gonna it's gonna be um envy and wrath at the end. Yeah. The killer um, one. And even though I was just grabbing that clip, I watched that final scene. And it's at the point where um Morgan Freeman is so sort of headstrong, confident that we're gonna sort this out until he opens the box. Mm. And it's, it's John Doe's got the upper hand. John Doe's got the upper hand, and then oh, put the gun down, put the gun because he knows. But who who wouldn't do what Brad Pitt did in that? Well, exactly, you know, exactly. But also with it. that whole build up to the twist, the whole movie is just drenched in rain until yeah. they get to that very last shot, and they're mm, in the yeah. pure sunshine. And what a wallop that is! What a wallop! And probably the most successful mainstream film to have where the the killer wins. I think. Um, you get me thinking now. Nah, but I, that's my personal theory. I mean, because back in the day, I mean, when was that? 93, 94, wasn't it? It was 95, I think, or thereabouts. Was it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. thereabouts. You know, it, it was it was unique. It was different. It doesn't feel, yeah. though, like that they were, you know, having the killer win at the end. You know, it didn't feel like they were aggrandizing him or glorifying him or anything like that. You know, I kind of feel like if you said, hey, movie's coming out in 2022 and the serial killer gets away with it, you <laughs> kind of feel, oh, God, it's going to be some awful thing where it's being glorified or whatever it is. But, you know, I think is that movie, it's kind of, it's it's the strength of that emotional impact. I think of all the movies we've mentioned so far, that's the one that, like, stands up. Like, to repeat viewings, mm. that it still is almost as impactful every time, you know? Because yeah. it, it, it reminds you of the first time every single yeah. time you watch it, you know? Yeah, and it's also, there's, there is genuine horror in that movie. You know, there's genuinely just unforgettable scenes that will yeah. just stay with you not just the end but all through some, all, yeah, the, all some, the sins that all the deaths of the sins are, are all pretty shocking really oh yeah, yeah. right yeah. from the and some good jump scares some good jump yeah. scares in there well, one some, of the best isn't it with yeah the, 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 the old man well not not the old man but like the, sort of the, the starved man the starved man yeah. yeah and then one of the great sort of one lines as well in a movie is that um r lee emery who's like the police captain the phone goes and he goes this ain't even my desk and then just puts the phone back yeah, down. <laughs> i love that bit <laughs> um okay so we're at uh number six then please kevin uh for number six i went with Christopher Christopher Nolan's not best movie, The Prestige, which yeah. was that's my number five. Hey, very that's... good. Yeah, nice, nice middle of the road, uh, halfway through the, uh, the the top ten there. But that was a movie I saw. You know, I just you know it was a loose end. Went to the cinema, didn't really even know who Christopher Nolan was really that much of the time either. I was just like, yeah, okay, we'll see this. And, you know, I know who's in it, and I love the blending of you know some real life historical figures. They capture in their 
I mean, you know, you always hear kind of scientists talk about it, that there's a kind of, you know, the beauty or the mystique of, you know, the explanation of the natural world and all that. And I kind of feel like using Nikolai Tesla in it as kind of this kind of almost backdrop and the experiments and the kind of, oh, it's kind of otherworldly. And you know, the way it's it's all kind of, they managed to show you like technology from way back in the day, but make it seem very, you know, futuristic almost, which then means you're kind of, you don't expect in a movie where you're explaining magic tricks and explaining scientific kind of endeavors and all that stuff. You don't expect there to be a very fantastical twist at the end. And there is, you know, mm. when you find out that there are infinite numbers of these doubles that have been created for the purposes <laughs> of all these tricks and that magic tricks far from the fun times you had at your children's birthday party are actually often mired in corpses of unknown clones <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, and I yeah. just kind of feel like it was just one of those ones where it is, it's, a, it's an absurd twist, but it's only absurd in the sense that like they ground you a little bit in this world. And because it's magic and it's about misdirection, this is a movie where when I saw it the first time, I was just looking for a movie, you know, no big deal. Big twist, great stuff. And then, you know, in later years, I've gotten into stuff like, you know, Ricky Jay and the kind of the theory of magic and misdirection and, you know, Penn and Teller. I saw them live and they've always been very eloquent at, you know, explaining the need for misdirection, but also how it can be misused. And I just think that was a twist that then when I had all this extra knowledge, it's like, oh, wow, it makes references to all this stuff about the world of magic. And, you know, I'm not necessarily the biggest magic head in the world, but I really appreciated the fact that they managed to weave that twist in using the classic magician's way of misdirecting you. But they forgot one classic magician, Paul Daniels. Oh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know. Uh... And Ali Bongo. Don't forget oh, Ali Bongo. Yeah, Ali but the other Bongo. thing was also is is you had the Hugh Jackman side of it, but then also the Christian Bale side of it. Mm. Hugh Jackman decided to cheat, if you like, using the clones, whereas Christian Bale, I think, because he was talking about the, I think it was a Chinese when he was looking at this Chinese uh, magician, wasn't he? That had like a craft, like a yeah. lifelong dedication. And the fact that you have to, you have to do whatever it takes to do the trick. So the fact that his twin brother lost a finger, so he had to cut his finger off because the whole play was, they were both being the same person. Yeah. They didn't have twin brothers. They were the same person and which ended up ruining one of their marriages, ended up making one of them, the, mar- the, the wives kill themselves and it's also the fact that Hugh Jackman sort of you feel sorry for him, but at the end of it, he is the villain. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Which you know, kind of, of the... re- reframes everything, and when you kind of you know, it's not like there's a big moment where it's like, bah, I'm actually the bad guy now. It's like she, you know, just when you see that twist, it makes you recontextualize and go, oh yeah, he was the he was the wrong one all along, wasn't he? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> great movie, great. Yeah, movie. it's a great movie. It uh, is. Yeah. So that- hiring for your small business, if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's your number six. That's my number five. So, Neil, your number six then, please. So this is an old classic. We're going to go back to horror again, which always seems to deliver. And it's Friday the 13th, the original one, where we all thought, well, a lot of people get it wrong and think Jason was the killer in Friday the 13th. And he wasn't. It was the mum. We found out it was the mum. And I remember watching it young, probably far too young to be watching something like that and thinking... Mother's kill, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, it was a great, it was a great twist trope, whatever you want to call it, which has been used and abused ever since going on to me or in my mind, that was the the original of those types of twists. Yeah. And and then of course we get given the, the, the ultimate blow of the big jump scare after the twist in the lake when she's floating with her hand in the water and out pops Jason. So there, there's there's how the rest of the sequels transpired. But, yeah. And the fact that the killings through it are really brutal. I mean, have you watched this recently? Any of, Have you ever seen it? I've seen uh, the original I, one before, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't, I, no. I, I always, like, I remember, like, having friends who were, like, super big, you know, Friday the 13th fans, and even some of them being like, well, it's not... It's not. It's not like a proper one because he's not wearing his special mask and all that stuff. But like, I kind of feel like it almost out of all of the the Friday Thirteenth movies because of that original twist. I don't know. I feel like it kind of stands on its own a little bit. Yes, better. it is. I feel it like is it a, gives it a little bit of something. Movie. You know, mm, absolutely, and I agree. I would. I would say watch it. But I when I rewatched it, um, I, however long ago, not that too long ago, I was really shocked at how gory it was. Yeah, <laughs> I'd forgotten the gore levels in it. It's like huge, and good old Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, yeah, and his his untimely death in that one was really graphic. But what what happens to Kevin Bacon? He's in bed it's and great reception on his new Vodafone. <laughs> That's it. Oh no, EE overloads him. And it overloads yeah. him, you know, and the head explodes and, like in scanners. Yeah, yeah. What we think is Jason, but is actually his mother, shoves a um arrow through the bed, straight through his neck. It comes oh, out. nice. But you see, uh, the way Tom Savini did the all the effects. Oh, right, right. The way it comes out, you see the skin and everything. I didn't quite realize it was graphic as it was, but fantastic movie and fantastic twist fantastic twist there you go okay uh okay my number six is the 1968 version of planet of the apes yes um again just for that final yeah that final that's your number two yeah um just for that even that final scene 
mm. with the uh, Statue of Liberty. God damn you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, is, it was yeah. a shocker because the first. I mean, I I never went to the cinema to see this because obviously my age. Yeah, um, saw it on telly, and it took me a while to suddenly twig what was going on. I, I don't know what's the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> why is he so that? upset? Yeah, yeah, why is he yeah. getting upset like that? He's in the land of monkeys. We want to live with monkeys. Yeah, but yeah, it was a big twist, wasn't it? It was a huge twist. Thing is, I'd watched the TV show before I saw the the movie. I remember the TV and show. And I used to really enjoy the TV show. It was oh, that's awesome. a light-hearted romp. Oh, couple my God. A couple of dreamboats so... going around telling people how the circulatory system works and how to, how to you know, leave a field fallow so they can have their crops coming every single year. I loved that show yeah, so much. It was, it was just one of those, I think it was on a Sunday afternoon, wasn't it? It I was, think it was oh, a yeah. Sunday. And it was just one of those, like, comfort blanket kind of... For was, sure. Yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic TV show. And then I watched the, the movie, and I remember watching a couple of the movies... And they were a lot more hard-edged. They were a lot more vicious. They, they get, they get darker points, for we're sure. Like, 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 you know. Yeah, like, very dark. But I mean, that, even the sequel, was it Battle for the Planet of the Apes? I think all the sequels. I can't remember which one. Planet of the Apes. Beneath, the with, sequel, the, yeah. um, with, the nuke. with the nuclear bomb. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's... it's and then, well, I mean, the less said about the Tim Burton like remake. Oh, the twist ending of that, okay. wasn't it? Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it's awful. But I mean, you've got to look at it, that, right, they didn't just redo the twist. They didn't at least think of, try and think of something a little bit different. But I don't think that twist can be beaten in in no. that sort of situation. You know, it's it's a completely heart-wrenching way that, you know, he's been fighting to get home, but he's actually, he's been home all the time. Just a long time in the future. Just a long time in the future. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a classic. It is a classic, classic. It's for a sure. Classic. Yeah. Um, right then, Kevin, you're number five, then please. Number five, whole damn movie is a twist when taken into context with the movie it came before. Uh the movie it came after, I should say. I'm talking about Highlander 2, the quickening. <laughs> wow. Which, uh, hello everyone. My name's Kevin, and I am a lifelong Highlander fan who spent 25 some years of having uninterrupted great Highlander fandom, having just seen Highlander 1. And then because I'm doing a podcast over with uh, Cinema Swirl on our Patreon page, we do a show called Cinema Swill, where we look at bad movies as opposed to the classics. And our fans decided now was the time for me to have my fandom ruined. We did Highlander 2, The Quickening, as a special sequel. And it basically retcons the entire first movie, not just... The, the themes of the movie, but literally the, the lore, like the, the basic building blocks of the ideas behind the movie and throws it all right out the window. And the whole movie is just, it, it, it takes something that was fantasy with a hint of sci-fi and turns it into this otherworldly sci-fi with a hint of climate disaster. And I don't mind telling you, it's been nearly a year since I've watched it. And I am just like, it's made me hate the whole Highlander franchise. Cause I was always like Highlander, great stuff. I love it. Great stuff guys. And everyone's like, have you seen Highlander four Endgame? No, 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 I'm fine. But you enjoy yourselves. (laughs) Good Lord. Like I heard someone told me the other day, the TV series is all right. I'm like, I need to watch it. Cause I want to get my fandom back. I Mm. feel like Simon Pegg must've felt after he lost his love for all the Star Wars movies. That's right. That's wasn't it. Adrian Paul that was in the, yeah, it was in the TV series. And I, I mean, I saw the second one at the cinema. I remember very little apart from sitting there going, 
I have no idea what's going on. Well, they're aliens, not Scottish. How about that? The Scottish really need representation in this country and around the world. And you take the one thing they had in America, Highlander, and you turn them into aliens. That's so insulting. (laughs) Not that a Frenchman playing a Scotsman or a Scotsman playing a Spaniard was at all wrong. No. It was a step in the right direction towards yeah. actual okay. representation. <laughs> well, yes, because we getting... at least the Scotland were in there somewhere, weren't they? Whereas if they're aliens, I mean, they're just out of this world. Mm. So I just I love the idea though when someone is kind of you know you're given you know any kind of sequel you inherit the big binder of all the lore and these the laws of the franchise and like to think that you would thumb through the big Highlander binder and it's like time traveling you know uh, ancient warriors locked in this eternal struggle there's lightning everything explodes you know people from the wwf are there as well like and you go, nah nah let's get rid of all that and there do, you go and, and do something about the ozone layer instead yay did they not try and rectify it in um highlander 3 where they pretty much remade highlander again well i know i watched when i did highlander 2 i did the special director's cut which was apparently meant to like try and explain how it related to it but it it didn't do a particularly good job that's all i could say and was it russell monarchy who did that one I'm not I don't I don't think so but look more fool you whose solution to me being disillusioned with Highlander 2 and you're telling me to watch Highlander 3 this is a this is dealer talk over here this is trying to get me on the wrong path and I resent that sir no uh, just, Highlander yeah. 2 was Russell Mulcahy or whatever you want to say it Russell, that was Highlander 2 okay and uh Andrew Morahan for uh, Highlander 3 but we won't we won't go into that too much no Mario Van Peebles as well. There you go. I just like saying Mario Van Peebles. That's a, that's a great name. It's <laughs> uh, a, a great name. Uh, Neil, then, you're number five. Uh, so this is a, another classic twist, uh, a black and white movie. It is Psycho, the 1960 original. Uh, I don't know anybody who watched this for the first time and realised that Norman was his mother, as it were, um, with the big reveal at the end of the skeleton sat on the chair and the revolve um yeah what a twist and what a what an ending <laughs> to a yeah. movie uh, not a lot more you can really say on that though um it's just yeah yeah i didn't your, see it coming in your facts neil what what year did you say was the first twist you said didn't you say that 1920 1920 and what year was psycho out 1960 all right okay yeah, because I mean, what's what was Citizen Kane? That was nineteen forty, was it nineteen forty three or wherever? So nineteen ten, I think. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, but yeah, the original Psycho and the whole. We all thought his mother was the crazy bitch stabbing everybody through the shower curtain, and lo and behold, it was Norman. Poor put upon Norman. Never trust somebody called Norman. <laughs> no, no I, I, I jest, I jest. Do you know someone called Norman, Neil? No. All oh, right, I was just, I don't know. Do you? I, just, I don't know. Maybe you No, do. I don't. You can trust Jeez. someone called Norman, but don't trust anyone called Normal Man. That seems like it's, you know, not <laughs> yeah. guys. They're hiding something there. Norman yeah. the Normal Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My God. See, now there's a movie. You start with a twist with Norman the Normal Man yeah. and work your way back from that. We could be rich, guys. 
There's less work. Right. I think so. Okay. There you go. We've got a title at least. I'm sure that's more than <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan has started with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, my number five was The Prestige, which we've already uh, spoke about. So, Kevin, your number four, please. My number four, because I thought I had a lot of, you know, listen to my list and your list as well. It feels like they do skew towards horror and kind of dark twists and all that. So I was racking my brain to try to think of a nice twist. And the best twist I could think of is honestly the Shawshank Redemption, because I remember seeing that and I, you know, fell in love with that movie immediately. It's one of my all time favorite movies, if not my favorite movie, if push comes to shove. And I couldn't forget when I first saw it, it would have been like 12, just being convinced because it was a prison movie and prison is very bleak and it was prison in olden times, which is even worse to make you wear double denim all day. Awful stuff. <laughs> and I just felt convinced that it was going to be sad, the ending, in some respect. Like, bittersweet maybe was the best thing I was hoping for. And, you know, all throughout the movie, they're kind of gearing you up with the kind of the cycle that you see. And it's just, you know, it's depressing when you're watching a movie and it's set in like the 30s or whatever, and the cycles they're talking about are still, you know, as in place, except way more ferocious in 2020s about, you know, people in America particularly being, you know, busted in and out of jail, recidivism and stuff like that. It feels like, you know, if you're an ex-con, you're destined to be sent back to prison in an yeah. industrialized kind of complex. And the fact that it gives you so much bleakness of all different varieties. And then at the end, it goes, you know what? Just as a little treat for you, sticking it all the way during this prison drama, the two lads got out in the end and they're going down the beach and they're going to have a drink. And that's <laughs> yeah. a lovely way to end your three hour movie. Good yeah. twist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> to get to that point, though, there are a lot of, I mean, literally crawling through shit yep. to get to that point so you've got you've got to be hanging on the coattails of thinking <laughs> right come on just even i think that's one of those films that even when you do watch it again and you know what's going to happen you've got to keep going with it because in the back of your mind you're going it's okay because everything's going to be all right because they are gonna be sat on a beach on a boat and everything's going to be fine but when you're in watching the movie even when um, it's that get busy living or get busy dying, I think, no, Andy, please don't kill yourself. Come on, you've got that you can do this. You can do mm. this. And I've watched that film so many times, but in the back of your mind, there's a little bit going, oh my God, I don't think he's going to get out of this. I think he's going to kill himself. I think, I think something bad is going to happen. You know, but I mean, you can't, can't, uh, I mean, I, I, I thought about putting it in my top 10, but I just, couldn't find a space for it. That was the thing. But when you say what you say, it's... it's Yeah, it's an honourable one, definitely. And it's just that you're taking on that journey to get to that reward of that nice twist at the end, aren't you? Yeah, and yeah, the bad people get their comeuppance as well. Mm. That's the thing. That's it, exactly. You know, the, the heroes get busy living and the baddies get busy being arrested and or dying. Yeah. But I will say, I've seen a, a play of the Shawshank Redemption, which was great. But if you ever get offered to go see a 4D screening of that... Think twice. That's all I'd say. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Um, Neil, your number four was the usual suspects. It was. And uh, my number four is one that you mentioned earlier on, Neil, but quite sort of uh, being stuck up about it was uh, The Sixth Sense. <laughs> now, I, when we went and saw this, this is one of those movies that I cannot believe nobody spoiled 
the twist for a while for a while for a long time and i can remember it was one of the times when you try when you had to phone up for tickets to the cinema <laughs> you had to phone up you know it's a, it was like say one for the sixth sense say two for see so uh one and then it wouldn't you'd have to keep going and keep going and it'd be sold out all the time Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And the fact that it was sold out all the time, you thought, well, someone's going to say what, what the twist is. And I remember when we watched it in a packed cinema screen and like every five minutes, you knew there was a twist. So you were looking for things. All oh, right, that that little kid there has got a little fleck of white hair. He's There's something to do with the twist. It's something to do with him. And you kept going on and on and on. And you were saying earlier on about, you know, you, you sort of stuck your nose up at the fact that you felt like the twist was quite weak. Well, not weak. It uh, it became when you first watch the movie. It's a movie that only warrants one watch. Yes, <laughs> does that make see, sense? I, I completely disagree. No, you see, I find that the twist gets weaker and weaker the more you watch it. That's my point. It no, because I always up. find watching it the second, third, and probably fourth times, the fact that you were watching it and you know that Bruce Willis is in the shot, he doesn't touch anything else around mm. him, so it looks like he's in the shot. Whereas to everybody in the shot, he's not there. And when you look at it when he's not there, everything still makes sense when they're talking. Oh, no, I completely agree. So that's the thing where it gets me is that I understand when you watch it again, you sort of go, oh, my God, I can see. And all of the red stuff is sort of the... I don't know. I mean, I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but that's how I I feel. again, it's it's one of those movies that kind of the... The almost like the culture of its twist devoured any potential like for that movie to ever have a fair shake of being discussed as an actual movie. And like I always kind of go back and forth in my mind, going like, ah, is it fair to do that to a movie? But like I remember distinctly seeing the trailer for this on telly at home, and it was like, you're gonna get your ass to the cinema, and you're not gonna believe this goddamn twist. Like they were <laughs> they were twist heavy on the marketing. Like that was what they wanted to get you in there. But I, I remember, you know, no one was talking about that. No, was, no they didn't. They you know, did it was like, them. maybe this boy in the playground, if you ask him nicely, he might allude to the twist. But that was the last remnants of David Cameron's Big Society was the year where people decided not to tell everyone the twist from the end of the sixth <laughs> sense. And then it fell by the wayside after that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when I first saw it, I thought, fuck, it was amazing. And then I, I think I've only watched it about four times, three times afterwards. And I don't know, it just, the impact, you know, when we talk about films like Psycho, The Usual Suspect 7, and all of those that we've talked about, and the twist, the, still, the twist still kick a punt, you know. Do you see what I mean? They still give you a kick in the guts, and they're like, oh. Maybe still, because even this twist you know, isn't like a, oh, you know, it's like, oh, it's a really, it's kind of, it's a, oh, you know, it's, it's that yeah. tone of twist. And maybe over the years that is less impactful than something that you, you know, that's visually very striking immediately or something like that. I mean, it doesn't yeah. help that I'm not a big M. Night Shyamalan fan. I don't no, think I think, any of his movies are great. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think he became, like we've said before, a bit of a one-trick pony in the fact mm. that he works out the twist and maybe works backwards from that. Mm. Um, I think I think it's Bruce Willis in one of his... I can't remember what number I had it on our Bruce Willis top 10, but uh, it was a great in my top performance. 10. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. Bruce Willis. And no, Hayley Joel Osment. And Tony fantastic. Collette. Fantastic. And Tony Collette. Yeah. But mm. if you are a one trick pony and the only trick you can do is twist, that horse will have spinal problems later on in its life. It's very true. Uh, but then if you look at it today, you've got knobheads 
putting clips of like Doctor Strange on YouTube and on uh, TikTok and putting the actual name of the twist in the title so you don't get any chance of, of staying away from twists these days yeah. oh yeah you this know? movie I think is kind of like I don't think that's what I'm saying I feel like the, the, the twist in that you know the twist is a meme now you know it's, it's, it, you can't as a youngster watch that movie in a void like unless you go to an actual void I guess yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so you're right uh, that was my number four. Uh, Kevin, your number three was Citizen Kane. Yes. Neil, your number three was Seven. Uh, my number three... I am your father. It has to be The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Um, people That's my might number be, two, actually. Your yeah. number two. That might be... People might be surprised it isn't my number one. Um, uh, and probably uh, along with... Um, play it again, Sam. One of the most uh, misquoted quotes of all time because a lot of people say luke i am your father he doesn't say that he just says i am your father just gonna get that there okay um but but uh spoilers (laughs) (laughs) fuck spoilers um and it always reminds me of the the simpsons when he's coming out of the screening (laughs) (laughs) darth vader is luke's father oh man come on uh it's not my favourite Star Wars film. I've said that, and New Hope is, but it's a fantastic way of expanding the story. Um, and I would love to know how much of it George Lucas actually had planned in regards to his big ring binder with all the story, because I don't think that's what the plan was to start with. And famously, when uh, Mark Hamill said when they shot it, the, well, I'm assuming it was Dave Prowse said Obi-Wan killed your father that was the actual line that yeah yeah I've right, heard yeah. that that before, he was reacting yeah. to so yeah it's it's very very strange but it's a it's a fantastic moment full of emotion uh, full of raw energy and uh, yeah I mean again surprise is only my number three but uh, there you go Kevin got anything else yeah. to say I'm, I mean for, for me like you know I I was the, the the generation of children who saw Star Wars for the anniversary in nineteen ninety seven, you know. So I was I was that you know, and, and Kenner were making sure that every single child in Ireland aged between five and twelve was going to have every single goddamn Star Wars toy pumped into Poundland and right in that toy box straight away. If you check any Irish toy box, by the way, from uh, the last 20 years, you will find a Rancor Keeper in any single one of them, uh, <laughs> no matter where. But um, for me, like, I, I remember Star Wars being kind of presented to me as this, like, thing from, like, my my dad and my brother, and they're like, oh, it's this great movie. It's coming out again. You're going to love it. And then the toys started appearing, and, like, I remember getting an Obi-Wan. I remember getting a Darth Vader. I remember getting a Luke Skywalker. And bish, bash, bosh, playtime later, you know, a couple of hours, Obi-Wan's Luke's dad, and that's the bad guy over there. Easy. That's how I accept it. That's my head canon. In yeah. the way that people have special voices in their heads when they read Lord of the Rings for the first time, I had made a family tree, basically. And I saw A New Hope in County Cavan in 1997, and it was amazing. My favorite thing. I loved it. I was so excited for the other ones to come out. When Empire Strikes Back came out and that twist was revealed, my world literally fell apart because I was like, what? So what, you're telling me not only is he his father, Obi-Wan is not his father? What does that make Obi-Wan and Darth Vader? Brothers? <laughs> I, was, I was literally jumping up and down in my seat. I didn't know what to do with myself. Like, I, my, my artifice of a Skywalker family tree crumbled before me. And I think like that was the first time I remember there being something in a movie that wasn't just like, oh, wow, whiz-bang emotional reaction. That was like, I felt... 
I guess hurt is a weird way, but I felt like I had been, you know, jostled around emotionally, you know, yeah. I just felt like I was out of sorts and I, you know, I was addicted at that point. You know, that, that mm. made me so invested with the rest of the story. And that is like a little flicker of a flame that is here 20 years later, 20, 25 years later at this point, you know? And I think it's probably, even you can go back and forth, all right, what's the best Star Wars movie? You know, which ones are better? Which ones are unfairly praised or maligned? I think you have a hard time finding someone saying there's a better moment in Star Wars than that. Because that's mm. like, you know, when, when people go on about how, I know you said that Empire is not your favourite. When most people go on about Empire being their favourite, they're really going on about this bit, I feel like. Yeah. They go, oh, no, no, it's not that. It's the bleakness. It's the dark. Yeah, you're talking about that. You're talking yeah. about the baddie being the good guy's dad. That's yeah. what it really boils down to. And that's like, it is genius. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah, genius. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to think of a time where you don't know that now, you yeah. know? that's right. It, it, it's, it's weird, though, you know, that... That's, I guess, the test to the strength of it. I can think back to when I didn't know that, and it's like, shakes me up a little bit still thinking, oh my God. It's it crazy. Um, have you been watching any of the Kenobi TV series? Yes, I actually just come from watching the fifth episode there. Okay, Neil hasn't watched the fifth episode yet, so we won't That's spoil it. That's to do after no spoilers. this. We'll just spoil every other movie in existence with a twist, but not episode five of Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, not no, yet, obviously, please. by the time people are hearing this, they would have seen the whole... We have some whole, standards here. Yeah, yeah, they would have seen the whole series. Well, it only dropped today, didn't it? Yeah, as we're recording this. As we're recording um, But there are moments in it because, I mean, look, this is spoilers for episodes, series... No, episodes one to four of the uh, Kenobi series. It makes sense why Leia calls her son Ben. Now, yeah. which didn't, I'm not saying it didn't make sense before, but it's sort of, it's a nice little thing. You sort of think, okay, that's been retconned, but it's a nice little twist. It's a nice little thing in the, in the whole Skywalker saga now. And there's a couple of other little bits that, um, that you sort of think, okay, they filled in that little pothole there. And just made it a nice smooth road, just just for that little bit of the of the plot there, which mm. I am I'm I'm really enjoying. But episode five is fantastic, Neil, and I'm sure episode six next week will be amazing, um, as we haven't seen it yet as we're recording this. But uh, let's move on. So that was my number three. Uh, so Kevin, your number two is Empire Strikes Back. Neil, your number two is Planet of the Apes. <sighs> <laughs> thank you my number two is old boy now this is the oh, yeah. another part this yeah. is the original old boy and i've said this before on this podcast i remember sitting there i was uh, working a shift so i was doing an afternoon shift so before i'd gone to work it was a it was a wednesday morning or whatever didn't i lend you the dvd um no because i watched it on my ipad oh that's right yeah. i was watching it on my ipad and it's the only movie that has made me stand up and gasp audibly at the at the the twist now i saw this i saw the trailer for the remake the spike lee remake where the twist is in the trailer i couldn't yeah. i couldn't quite and i've never seen the movie I, it's, I like, it's absolutely you know i mean i would say it's fine but it's like it does absolutely nothing to assuage any of the fears you have about it That's right just, it just, yeah it just is i feel it's like it's the remake thing, of Let the Right it? Wood it's, In. Like, why'd you do it? Like, you know? It was great. As soon as I saw Some the title. button's right there, mate. Like, yeah, know? yeah. Um, I'm not even going to... Uh, uh, do you know who it is who directed it, Neil? And What, Park, uh, Park Chan Wook, isn't it? Same Parasite, same director. Same, right, okay. It's. I mean, it's got 
it's got very iconic moments in it anyway, like the, the eating of the squid and well, obviously a live octopus, a live octopus, and the, the hallway scene with the hammer where he just goes <laughs> through everybody with a hammer. Um, but uh, the main character gets gets taken. I think it's for fifteen years or something. He's like incarcerated that. for fifteen years. And yeah, and falls why. in love with this 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 young woman. Uh, and then it is found out later on that this young woman that he's fallen in love with is actually his daughter. Yeah. And fuck me, that moment, that moment. <laughs> I've never known a film like it before where I just, I had to stand up, put my hands over my mouth. And I've never had that feeling before or, you know, before or since. That movie is the only movie that's made me feel like that. The, the kind of twist that makes you want to stand up and tell off your movie. I'm like, how dare exactly. you? Why did you do Absol- this to me? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I was shocked, but also a little bit disappointed in the art that was in front of me because of what it had done to me. Yeah. It was like, it was crazy. I've never had that feeling before. And I would thoroughly recommend, as bleak as the movie is, I would thoroughly recommend anybody to watch the original Old Boy. Oh, it was one of those movies. It was, watch it, didn't it? it, it was one of the movies while. that Neil kept saying to me, "You've got to watch this. Yeah. You've got to watch this." I mean, there's a lot of movies that Neil keeps saying to me, "Just watch it. You've got to watch it." And every time I do end up watching the movie that Neil says that, I go come back to him and go, "Fucking hell, Neil, that was <laughs> fucking intense." <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, one hell of a movie. So I yeah. recommend anybody to uh, go and get that. And not the remake. Not the remake. No. Do not original. Get, get the original. Um, original version without in fact like I would go as far to say if you can get your hands on it get the trilogy the Sympathy trilogy get Vengeance for Mr. Sympathy yes Old Boy and then Lady get Lady Vengeance, Lady Vengeance yeah. there, and you're just going to be in absolute bliss for three movies honestly they're all you're going to want to eat some uh, dumplings as well after that like you know that for me was the twist he got sick of eating dumplings yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay before we reveal our number ones uh kevin can you give us a rundown from 10 to 2 please yes number 10 star wars brackets potentially the rise of skywalker number nine cabin in the woods number eight parasite number seven Identity, number six, Prestige, number five, Highlander 2, The Quickening, number four, The Shawshank Redemption, number three, Citizen Kane, number two, The Empire Strikes Back. That's it. And and then, well, let's get Neil to just do his rundown. Uh, yeah, Sorry, we'll, before, get, we, we'll, we'll build it up a little bit more. Go on then, Neil, you're number 10. Okay, please. so number 10 is the original Saw, number nine is Citizen Kane, number eight, Scream, number seven, Memento, number six, Friday the 13th, the original one. Number five, Psycho, the 1960 version. Number four, Usual Suspects. Number three, Seven. And number two, Planet of the Apes. Wonderful. And mine is number 10, Buried. Number nine, The Usual Suspects. Number eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Seven, Seven. Six, I should have put Sixth Sense at six, shouldn't I, really? Six, Planet of the Apes. Five, The Prestige. Four, The Sixth Sense. Three, The Empire Strikes Back. And two, Old Boys. So, Kevin, what is your number one movie twist my number one movie twist it's a tag team it's the planet of the apes both old and new so i'm coming at it from a two two two-prong approach original planet of the apes as mentioned fabulous twist all sorts you think about it it came out in the 60s it's crazy they were had this really out there twist that works 
immediately visually it's like ah it's it's our you know it's our planet but also it makes you think about like how did it get here what happened oh, so many questions like a pandora's box and oh my god what a great twist and i was the biggest ape head in the world when i went to see the 2001 tim burton one and all throughout the movie i sat going oh this isn't very good this is a bit boring this isn't very fun i didn't really like this why 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 is that slave trader monkey such a big character in this and then right at the end when they showed you ape Abraham Lincoln. I was like, yes, they did it again. I don't know how they keep doing it, but they got me. And all my friends are like, why are you so excited? I'm like, it's the ape. You don't understand. They've done it again. The apes have done it again. And looking back, there is a proper explanation for it involving sequence of time travel that requires a lot more thought than anyone deserves to give to Tim Burton's 2001 Planet of the Apes. But I like that a franchise can give you a twist that's so thought-provoking and then another twist that is like how a monkey in a chair. And that is <laughs> almost almost as impactful at the moment of first seeing it. So that, for me, speaks to the two parts of my brain, the part that has some sophistication and the other part that is thrilled by seeing a big monkey in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> that actually gave me... I went to sit with your brother, Pab, actually, oh, that movie. You? And it was the only movie where the twist actually made me have a belly laugh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was 11, I should point out, when I saw it. Yeah, I just should... <laughs> <laughs> have either of you revisited the Tim Burton Planet? No, I have to say yes, the apes I, I themselves done, yeah. look fantastic, and they still look good with the yeah, clips I've yeah, seen. Yeah. They, they really did. It was just some of the script, right? Maybe Mark Wahlberg was a bit. It's a, it's a slog as well. It's two hours forty. Like it's oh, a is it really? big old movie. I reviewed it for Cinema Swill like a, a couple of of months back. And I kind of it wasn't as bad as I remembered it, but like I think the worst thing a movie about a planet of apes, wherever that planet may be, ours or others, the worst thing it can be is boring. And I, yeah. it actually confounds me that a planet of the apes movie can be boring because even in those original ones when they got really bad, like the battle for the planet of the apes, even still that was like kooky and engaging. Mm. Whereas Burton, I don't know, two thousand one was not the best uh, time for for visual effects other than Monkey Mask because it's quite a drab movie. You think of the original, it's, you know, those very stark desert scenes, yeah. the piercing blue sky, you're just kind yeah. of in a muddy jungle most of the time. I think, you know, any time you'd spent wondering about that Planet of the Apes, you're best spent going off watching the newer Planet of the Apes movies, which I think are, they don't think they've gotten their fair day. Not as reliant on twists, still a great series of movies. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's more grounded, those ones, aren't they? Yeah. The more, you know, I, I completely agree. And the special effects on that are, are pretty, pretty cool. You've never seen a monkey and a horse rendered so well. That's right, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number one. So uh, this was your, I think, number three. It's Empire Strikes Back, and it's exactly what Kevin said. Um, it was a shock when you first saw it. it. You wasn't expecting it. You were invested that it was something else. And it was the lead up to the uh, reveal that Darth Vader was, in fact, Luke's father. It still boggles me that, yeah... Just seeing it back in the day was a complete and utter... Even at the young age, I would have been eight, nine, ten maybe, when I first saw it at the cinema. And I could not get over it for days. I kept saying to my mum, can we go back? I want to make sure it was right. I want to watch the movie movie. again. (laughs) I want to check that out because this isn't how I've got it in my head. Exactly like Kevin said. You know, you play with your figures, you play with your toys. You never once had them father and son and yeah it was a huge huge twist and i still think it's one of the greatest up there 
Well, in my opinion, you think, it is the you think it's the greatest. It is the greatest. Yeah, yeah. I don't think much more can be said. To be perfectly no. honest, wonderful. I mean, you, you both summed it up perfectly. What I would have said anyway. So yeah. I mean, that's not bad. We've had it at one, two, and three. So yeah. that's that's close to having our all of it at yeah. number one because we still haven't had that yet. Okay, my number one, I've spoken to the, about this on previous podcasts, um, the most gut-wrenching twist in cinema history for me, and it's The Mist. Oh, oh yeah. Golly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a bleak <laughs> movie anyway. There's not many laughs and chuckles and guffaws in the mist. There, there has to be said. Uh, but when you have a, a, a lead protagonist in a car trying to get away from these creatures in the mist, realizing that um, the jig is up and that's it, he's got a gun, he's got enough bullets for the passengers and his son, which he decides to dispatch and, and shoot them all in the head. Uh, tries to fire an empty gun into his mouth just to try and finish it all, decides that, no, I'm going to go out into the mist, let the monster take me because I've got nothing else to live for. And then like a tank rolls past and all the army men roll past because they've saved the day. And he realizes that if he just held on for like two minutes, at least his son would have been alive at least. Mm. And it is as fucking gut-wrenching as... Po- I, I, as much as it's my number one, I've only ever watched the movie, I think, once, because I really? cannot put myself through that experience again. <laughs> because Just when you think is... you're at a bottomless pit of misery. Oh, there's a whole other layer underneath here. <laughs> exactly. Because he's just shouting, saying, you know, come and get me, come and get me. And he thinks it's the monster coming through the mist, and it ends up being like this, this transport carrier with all yeah. these survivors and uh, the woman and her family that ran out of the supermarket earlier on that tried, you know, decided to just go for it. And it's just, oh, it's just that, that, that thought that, that what has he got to live for now? And I will say, out of all the twists you've seen here tonight, it's the one that benefited most from not having the Curb Your Enthusiasm music played afterwards. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a devastating choice by the sound editor in that case. Uh, yeah. That would be amazing. That would have been man. funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or even but, if it's just a wah, 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 wah. It's another, <laughs> yeah. it's another Frank Darabont movie, though. Yeah. So there's two in the list. Look. Yeah. And where's he gone? Because he was such a great director. I know he started The Walking such yeah. a great time doing the walking dead season one and they were so nice I said you know what you've done so well off you go we got it from here man all right yeah you leave it. yeah you leave it. yeah he just seems to have he's vanished such a he? great director he's Wasn't fantastic he? even the majestic with jim carrey was a good film even though everybody said it was boring i thought it was lovely like I've, seen old, it. I've seen it old like 1940s style movie mm. i highly recommend it i think it's very good i was just looking to see he's got an upcoming project uh, called Honor that's in development and uh, Mob City he was uh, in 2013 was the last thing that he directed oh that was nearly oh, yeah. 10 years ago mother that of God. crazy forgot that about is, Mob City yeah most people did it too yeah <laughs> that is crazy that it's been that long um, yeah Walking Dead Godzilla that he did some additional writing on yeah there you go maybe he's just enjoying counting whatever money he's got <laughs> you know uh, right, let's do a few honourable mentions that we've got from uh, some various listeners. Uh, Mary Jane Sims, there's got to be six cents. That was a pure twist. Sean Robbins goes, uh, yep, that along with I Am Your Father are two of the best twists ever done. It's really a shame that they are so well known because I remember watching Six Cents in the theatre and just being gobsmacked at the end. Uh, 
Uh, Kristen Nelson Prynne said, a very long engagement. Oh, that's the um, Audrey tattoo, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's good. All point. right. Okay. Uh, Janine Bender, Fight Club. Yes. Uh, which nobody had, did they? No, the- which uh, that was I on my We all probably assumed list. someone else would mention That's, it, maybe. Yeah, someone else would <laughs> talk about it. That's fine, but uh, yeah. Uh, Jen Berg, uh, our guest from last week. Uh, Charade, or Charade? Charade. Anyone know that one? Is no? that the hit? Was it Hitchcock, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, Karen. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, at Chatty Geek HD says, Oh, this one will be amazeballs. Thank you very much. Interestingly, there's genuinely few twists I found out by watching the movie. Annoyingly, specifically Sixth Sense and Star Wars, I'd find out long before watching them. I, us- uh, I think Usual Suspects gets it. For me, though, saw one a close second. Mm. Uh, and then Stu Grant has his list Planet of the Apes, the original, Saw, From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, that was good Old twist. Boy, the original, Chinatown, Identity, mm. Memento, The Mist, Orphan, and The Tale of Two Sisters. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. It's a good movie, The Tale of Two Sisters. And uh, who's that? Who's that's in that? a Korean movie, again. I oh, can't right. remember who directed it, but it's it's up there like Old Boy and things like that. Not, not in the storyline, but in the right. way it fucks about with you. Uh, there you go. Well, that's it. We've done our top tens. Uh, and I think that was, I don't think we spoiled too much, did we? we <laughs> I mean, we only good, spoiled like we? 30 movies. I don't think that's too bad. Um, Kevin, do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yes, uh, I host uh, a couple of podcasts, but the one you'd all probably most be interested in is called Cinema Swirl, where myself and my good friend, Sam Chaplin, Go back and we watch all the movies that he has mysteriously somehow never seen from his childhood. So until we podcast about it, he never seen Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, uh, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. Name an iconic movie. He hadn't seen it. So we split the podcast into two parts. The first half is what he reckons the movie's about, guessing from all the, you know, Simpsons episodes he's watched or pop culture he's absorbed that makes references to things. Then we watch the movie and then we go back and we talk about it afterwards. And we are 80 some, possibly 90 some episodes in. And we always have a very, very good time. We do themed votes where the fans decide what episodes we're going to do. And if you enjoy the show and you want to check out a little bit extra content, we have a Patreon page where we do our spin-off show, Cinema Swill, where we look at iconic, terrible movies. And that is about as much fun as you can expect. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll put the link to the podcast and to the Patreon in the show notes. So uh, go and have a listen and uh, go and support another podcast. Why not? Yeah, please do. Uh, well, that's been fantastic. Kevin, thank you so much. Before we actually say goodbye, yes. Neil, do you want to uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with us? Of course, you can find us Shoot. on all the social. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to do that as you. I wasn't. I honestly didn't mean to do that to put you off as you uh, was about to go in. So, shoot, scared jump. Yeah, you can find <laughs> us on all the social medias at Top Ten Pods. Do give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow, please. Email us at Top Ten Pods at hotmail where you can give us any ideas for a top ten yourself. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash Top Ten Pods. All sorts of rewards where you can even be a guest yourself on the pod. Check out all the links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please do come, subscribe, review, rate the podcast, wherever you get it from. Leave us a review. (laughs) Well done, Neil. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. It was so much fun. I'm glad we did this one. Thanks for having me. 
Good. Um, please go and listen to Kevin's podcast. Please, like Neil said, rate and review this one. Come and join our Patreon. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're done, aren't we? Thank you very is. much again, Kevin. That's an absolute pleasure, guys. Enjoy the rest of your top tens. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> and thank you very much, Neil. Future, when you'll be able to do a top ten retrospective about all your favourite top ten lists that you've compiled. Oh, I mean, you know, fun. that's not a bad idea. That's not, not a bad yet. idea. We've got at least done a year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, uh, that's it. So, oh, thank you very much, oh, Kevin. Just say yes. thank you. Nice to meet you, mate. Thank and you. Nice yeah. to meet you guys as well. Yeah, thank you very much, everybody. And let's go start the countdown. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.